What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Success Bug Podcast, the only podcast breaking down the net worth of famous celebrities and entrepreneurs, and also interviewing some of the most young, successful, relatable entrepreneurs and sharing their stories with you to inspire you all to escape the nine to five, one episode at a time. The way this works is that I have chosen a celebrity or entrepreneur. I'm going to describe that celebrity or entrepreneur to my co-founder, Marcus, with a few random facts. He's going to try to guess who they are, and then from there, we're just going to break down how they built their massive net worth. So without further ado, the celebrity slash entrepreneur we'll be covering today is none other than J.K. Rowling. Wingardium Leviosa, man, let's do it. So I'm thinking about trying to get an Oculus Quest. What's what's that like? Like the VR shit? Yeah, I tried it like a couple months ago, and it was it was insane. For for what, like playing video games or just like? For playing video games, I played this one Star Wars game, bro, and it uh-huh. was it was the craziest craziest thing I've ever done. Like I literally was like, you felt like you're in hold it. it. You like hold the remote in your hand, mm-hmm. and you literally like can turn it around like this like you have a lightsaber in your hand and people are like coming at you and like trying to trying to hit you and stuff it feels like you actually are fighting people it's wow. it's insane you'll be standing there you're just like, <laughs> like moving around like it's a, it, like you actually like stab people that's why as you're stabbing yeah. them it like looks like you're actually like actually going them through them it's, yeah it's insane yeah wow i've made it my mission to to <laughs> retrieve this so we got we've got our first female entrepreneur slash celebrity let's today. go Let's go. I was going to do this one a couple of weeks ago. The Rick Ross article was just really picking up. So I figured I would switch it. Okay. Feel you. This woman. And again, I, I'm just beating a dead horse at this point, but she's, just, she's extremely well known. I have to be very careful with these, these, okay. these facts because a lot of them can give it away. Okay. She pitched something that was rejected over 12 times. Okay. She suffered from clinical depression oh okay that's at one point in her life she was never a good student and i understand Keep that uh, vague. i feel you yeah these are vague so i'm, I'm gonna give more yeah i feel like i have some initial guesses though is this someone on shark tank no it's not someone on shark tank okay <laughs> she's a billionaire a billionaire oh i think it's, I think it's okay. our first billionaire our first billionaire that we ever covered oh oh covered. is it is this J.K. Rowling? God damn it, man! Like, <laughs> talk to me, talk to me. Like, you can't, you can't say anything about writing. You can't say anything about. No, like, of course, yeah. But you know, female billionaires. I feel like we've only covered so many. So like, one, I just had to like jog my brain for like who's like a female billionaire, and I was like, it has to be J.K. Rowling. I was Rowling. like, I was just gonna say, let's hope he goes Rihanna, and then from there, I'm gonna be like, I got you. Like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. so, do we have Rihanna on the on the website? Probably not. Okay. All right. I just peeped. We do have Rihanna, but we're way off with her numbers. Oh, are we? Because she's a billionaire, right? Yeah, she's a billionaire. I think so. Yeah, we wrote this, I guess, a while ago, but like we only have her at 600 million, but that must have been before her sale of Fenty. Okay. Or maybe so. we just got like inaccurate numbers of, because I see like we have a Fenty portion here, but I think we might've just got like the guesstimates versus the actuals that must've came in. I'll probably update that sometime this weekend. Okay. Well, yeah. J.K. Rowling and Rihanna couldn't be further from. <laughs> from yeah, right, they're literally <laughs> polar opposites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're both boss ass billionaire women. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one. J.K. Rowling is obviously the famous author of the Harry Potter series. Yes, sir. What do you think her net worth is? I said she's a billionaire. 
Right. I'm going to go single billion. So I'm going to go like 1.3. This is okay. Yeah. It's 1 billion. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Doing good. Doing good so far. It's a big day okay. for the brand. It, it narrows it down when you go billionaire. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that was a big one. It was, I was like Kylie. It was like Kylie, Rihanna, Kylie JK. Oh, she'd been a billionaire for a minute. What? She was like, she was like the youngest billionaire of all time. I think she became a billionaire when she was like 20. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. You know what? No, it's fine. <laughs> If you're a fan of Harry Potter, obviously you've heard of J.K. Rowling. She didn't only build the Harry Potter universe, but she also currently stands as the second highest paid author in the world. Her story is one of great triumph and inspiration. Today, she has a net worth of $1 billion. She was born on July 31st, 1965 in Yate, United Kingdom. Growing up, she would write fantasy short fiction stories and share them with her friends and her family. And as a child, she struggled with a strained relationship with her father. Additionally, her mother had actually ongoing health battles with multiple sclerosis, and she said that she based mm. the character of Hermione Granger on herself at the age of 11 during these troubling times. I did not know that. I did not know that either. I guess Hermione did have some, as far as I remember, I haven't seen Harry Potter in a long time, but like she did see yeah. home, home issues. I, I watched it in high school and then never watched the seventh movie. You never Ever. watched the seventh movie, not part one. Or like the, the, the seventh, yeah, part one or part two. I never saw either. I might have saw like pieces of part two, just like on, uh, just like on reruns. But I actually, I was watching the entire thing. You know what it was? A girl who I was talking to at the time got me into it, and so I was watching it with her, and she literally cut it off with me right after the sixth movie. Oh my! So God. I still blame her to this day. So, oh, you blame her? You just not I blame like her to this day for why I never finished <laughs> Harry Potter. How do you not? You can't get that far and not. Watch I know. Harry. I felt like it was like it was like a you know it was like a correspondence thing. It's like I couldn't watch Harry Potter if it wasn't with her. That sounds very very emotional. <laughs> like we weren't even that super close, but like it's just I don't know. I associated one with the other, so I just stopped when we stopped talking. I mean, that's like unlike like like Game of Thrones like Harry Potter actually had a great mm. ending like it's one of the better I would say I've been told I've heard I've heard everyone who I tell this story to they're like you're absolutely crazy like go watch that shit right now but I couldn't I'd have to rewatch from the beginning because I don't remember it was like you know senior year of high school you're like I so I'd have to I'd restart have to get, the whole thing you're like I'd have to get back together with her I would like exactly <laughs> I'd have to call her up she has some unfinished business <laughs> Hermione, the fact that she was based on J.K. Rowling is kind of crazy. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, not at all. And I did mention that she had clinical depression. And that's actually, I don't know if we're going to mention this, probably not. But that's mm -hmm. where the idea of the Dementors came from. Because of really? clinical depression, yeah. And I oh, guess, wow, like, no, I did not know that. The I guess I could be wrong, but like the demon she had in her head. Interesting. So yeah, she graduated from the University of Exeter in 1986, where she, where she studied French and classics. Soon after, she moved to Porto, Portugal, to become an English teacher. In the year 1990, despair struck Rowling. Her mother passed away after a 10-year battle with multiple sclerosis. And at the time, JK was writing the first book of Harry Potter. So she describes this period as fuel for detailing Harry's grief in the first book. Mm. Kind of interesting that I consider everyone that we've covered an entrepreneur, but like for her mm -hmm. and with artists in general, it's really cool to see like how their actual lives play such a huge role. Yeah. Like how Plays they actually create inspiration. And because if none of this stuff happened or that the books probably wouldn't have been as emotional and, and real. Yeah. As deep and as raw. Kevin Hart talks about that with his stand up. He said like when he first started to get into stand up, he would try to copy like other very famous comedians 
And like, you know, he was like an all right, because he's a funny guy. He was an all right comic. Yeah. But he said as soon as he started telling comedy about his own life and his own things that he went through, that's when his career really took off. Yeah. So he was like, things are way more authentic and it's way easier to connect, whether, you know, through like written word or through like, you know, doing entertainment. If it's coming from like a personal place that you personally know about and went through versus trying to imitate others who like also are successful. Yeah. It's probably just more natural for you to, in general, it's a more natural thing of to course. talk about. And it's, it, you can't replicate real things by making mm-hmm. them up you can but it's hard yeah and you can't That's do it as authentically aren't. as the person who really started it you know exactly like yeah you can write a story and you can make it up and it could be really good obviously harry potter isn't real but like mm-hmm. she sprinkled in all the stuff that actually happened in her life and all of a sudden it's not just a book about wizards running around with wands it's yeah. like actually like <laughs> it's it's a real thing yeah and this is stuff i didn't know either no, 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 no this is actually really good i don't even remember this one so this is nice to go through it again a few years later rowling found herself falling in love her relationship took a sinister turn as her partner reportedly physically abused her. She took her daughter with her and the two fled to Manchester, England to search a new beginning. She also describes this time as being very difficult and painful, but crucial to her ambition and inspiration in her writing. So it seems like she just takes all this this shit that, that happens to her and she just yeah. kind of fueled it into the book. In 1995, she finished her first copy of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. That's the way it's said in the UK. It's the Sorcerer's Stone mm-hmm. over here. But the tale was typed on an old manual typewriter and shared with a few colleagues. Soon, Rowling found the courage to try and get her book published. She was devastated to find out that all 12 of the publishers she submitted her story to rejected her idea. Nonetheless, she was determined. And for the next year, she dedicated every day to improving and editing the book. In June 1997, I don't think either we weren't born yet. I, you're, you're, I'm so, February 1997. February. So yeah, For some reason I, was, I thought you were July. I was no, no, born no, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you weren't born. Yeah, that is, and that's crazy. It's two years later. So like, even though she was rejected. Like two years ago, she still worked on it for two straight years and came back. Yeah, I know. Like the fact that she continued, like, uh, how did she? Yeah. Because <laughs> even like the 12, like, I feel like most people who like write a book and they try to submit it, they might submit it to like two, three publications. Like she really would do what most would consider like all you can do. You submit oh, it yeah. to everybody and you got rejected from everybody. Like you literally didn't have anyone else you could submit it to. Yeah. But instead she was like, no, I'm going to keep working on this. And for two years, dedicated, kept working on it. And yeah. then. Also, in general, it's just you would think after hearing from 12 different people whose jobs it is to basically tell you if your book idea is good, yep. all 12 of them are like, no, this isn't going to sell anything. Mm-hmm. You'd probably just be like, they probably know better than I do. Exactly. Like, yeah. You would just give up. It's like the dude with, uh, who wrote Squid Game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he yeah, got rejected no for like 12 it. years. Yep. Yeah. And now here it is like biggest show of Netflix history. But it also I guess it also just makes you think that like the people who are making these decisions clearly don't know what they're talking about all the time. Yeah, I feel like they're, what it is, it's kind of like being a stock investor or something like that. There are people yeah. who might be educated in something, but that doesn't mean they know everything, right? There's yeah. no, even the most successful Warren Buffett's and Ray Dalio's like, they don't know everything. They, they might know a lot, but things could slip through the cracks. And I feel like that's how it is for these different people who like run publications and stuff. Yeah. Like they might know the essence of a good story, but that doesn't mean they know how every good story will turn out. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's why it is important for things like that, that are way more subjective than objective. If like people are telling you it's not good. Sure. They might be experts, but that doesn't mean they know everything about it. Facts. And, and the yeah. problem is too, is like, like you said, you mentioned the investor idea. It's, 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 they kind of look at ideas as like a, a transaction, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, probably part of the problem, which I you can't really, it's just kind of how it is. It is what it mm-hmm. is. But they look at it like, is this going to make me money? It, it will, but you have to first mm-hmm. look at it from a different perspective before you yeah. start think about money, right? You got to yeah. like look at the actual idea 
before you even start thinking about the money. They're like, because at first glance, obviously, you're not going to think like Harry Potter. Like, yeah, if yeah, I read that, I'd be like, what is stuff? this? Yeah. yeah, like this isn't like any of the other bestsellers that we've had come to this publication. It's, and you know, a lot of people don't want to take that risk. You know what works? And like someone comes in about wizards and wands and little kids running yeah. through England. Yeah, they're like, like, all right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, honestly. Yeah. Like security. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, ma'am you're gonna have to leave rejected 12 times continued to work at it finally made her first big break in june 1997 a publishing house in london bloomsbury printed 1000 copies of the first harry potter book within the first month all editions sold out their publisher quickly ramped production and jk rowling's name spread across england within five months the book received its first award the nestle smarties book prize in february 1998 the novel won the british book award for the children's book of the year wow. i can't imagine how quickly that things must have just changed for her and like to go from yeah. people basically saying this sucks to getting mm-hmm. it published. And then within the first month, it all sold out. Like how did it must have just yeah. been word of mouth? Like it was that good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People just started reading it and they just couldn't stop and just told all their friends. Yeah, I, I guess this is just I guess this is just how publishing companies work. And I guess they advertise the book for you. Yeah. But it's yeah. No, it's kind of like having a label like they're supposed to be in charge with a lot of the marketing behind mm-hmm. it as well. Cause I'm, I'm just thinking like, do they just put it in bookstores and like, just wait for people to walk by and pick it up or like, do they probably just... back then? Yeah. They didn't have any like, you know, you know, digital presence to sell stuff right. back in the late nineties. So yeah, everything would have been like Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. And just like trying to put it in good placements within these different retail stores. Yeah. And that's, that's insane because I can only imagine how many books today have probably blown up because of the internet. Oh, and, he's changed everything. Yeah. And this was just seemed to be like mainly just like kind of like word of mouth. Just a testament to her and how good of a writer she is. In early 1998, an auction was held in the United States for the rights to publish the novel and was won by Scholastic for $105,000. That does not seem like a lot <laughs> compared to Yeah, but I guess like, became. you know, yeah, due to inflation and everything else, that might have been like a much bigger chunk of money back 23 years ago. I think it was probably it was probably more money but at the same time, there's clearly like <laughs> it's well, that, course, was yeah, before, that was before it became what it was. Like that was like the yeah. that was after the first book came out. So the movies hadn't started yet. Like you know, none of none of that had happened yet. It was all it was all just the one book. So 105. Yeah, yeah, imagine no, how much 100%. money Scholastic made. <laughs> oh yeah, like just by being no, able they to do definitely that. they they definitely made off like bandits. Yeah, and you know, unsurprisingly, this was game changing for J.K. Rowling. The deal allowed her and her daughter to move to a better neighborhood and live a better life. So the second book, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, was released in 1998. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was released the following year. Both books went on to fetch Rowling the Smarties Prize for her unparalleled contribution to art. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was released in the year 2000 and went on to sell 3 million copies within wow. the first 48 hours it was released, That's breaking crazy. all prior book record sales. And I'm pretty sure I never actually read the books in full, but mm-hmm. if we're talking movies, which we're about to get into, like that yeah. one was like, as far as I remember, that one was like the craziest one. Like the Yes, I remember. You know, it's crazy. I remember that one as well as being the craziest yeah. Harry Potter one I've ever seen. Like, I just, I'll never forget that one. Yeah, that, that was like when his hair got long and like they got, they got yep. older mm-hmm. and he's like got the, the dragon and stuff. And it was like the games and stuff he had to do. Yep. And they got uh what's his name from from Twilight, that dude. Edward Patterson. Yeah, yeah, Edward. He was he was the yeah. dude who 
was like the one who's like really good at all the games and I, yeah I'm exactly yeah this. no I'm it was like the first the good games it. type thing yeah it was yeah. like it literally was like yeah, a hunger games type, type thing yeah in october 1998 i was i was just mentioning warner brothers purchased the film rights of the first two novels for a seven figure deal each movie after the next found greater success the movie series lasted for several years as a matter of fact, it's estimated that J.K. Rowling has earned $700 million so far from the Harry Potter movies alone. That is insane. That's just like, that's probably, that's probably more than like she made from the books, like way more. Oh, yeah, way more, way more. I mean, if she's only worth a billion dollars, that's like 70% of her net worth came yeah. from the movies. My God, you know, like movie industry, man, that's insane. Yo, I know. And shout out, that's probably Warner Brothers' smartest acquisition because they've botched DC films. Like they can't oh, yeah. make a good DC film to save their life. But, you know, hats off to them for creating a killer Harry Potter movie series. Yeah. Because a lot of really good books, I feel like, have terrible movies. Like, oh, yeah. Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief. Terrible. That was bro. embarrassing. Terrible. Embarrassing. And those were my favorite books in middle school. Oh, mine, mine by far. I mean, I think Hunger Games did a good job. Harry Potter did a good job. Hunger Games was good. Um, yeah. And then Maze Runner, I did. I think, did a pretty good job. But then there yeah. were just other ones that just absolutely were terrible. You know how excited I was for Percy Jackson? Like, I thought it was going to be bro, the next that's Harry my, Potter. I still read. I, I read. I read the next edition one. We talked uh, about this like before. The older. Yeah. All my passwords, like to this day, are based on the Percy Jackson series. Like, yeah, like different. No, they always have been, but it was nothing compared to Harry Potter. Like, JK. yeah, the books were honestly at popular, but obviously not as popular as Harry Potter. But they were they were popular mm-hmm. for sure. And oh, uh, no doubt. And if the movies were made well. It could have been, you yeah. know, a similar type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I exactly. guess, like you said, hats off to Warner Brothers for actually getting it done. Because I don't know who made yeah. the Percy Jackson series. I don't think it was Warner Brothers. Just, no, Fox. Fox. Century Fox, yeah. The fact they even got a sequel was, like, so stupid. Yeah, it came I, out three years <laughs> later. At this point, they're, like, almost 30 years old. But, you know, anyway, <laughs> off track. We went on a tangent there about Percy Jackson. But eventually, yeah, Universal yeah. Studios decided to create a theme park ride based on the film yeah. series. This next step was massive for J.K. Rowling's net worth, obviously. According to Forbes, the amusement park attractions are her new net worth cash cow. This deal ensures J.K. Rowling's net worth is growing each and every year. It also demonstrates the importance of leveraging a brand. Obviously, that's referring to Harry Potter World and uh, Universal Studios. Crazy. Um, I've been there one time. It It was really cool. It's literally like, yeah. there's still, I don't know, people are so good at that stuff, man. Like you literally just walk in there and it's like you're in the movie. Like yeah. People walk yeah, around no, all, the, all the designers and yeah. Like you're drinking butterbeer out here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as of 2021, JK Rowling has a net worth of $1 billion. Although she's made millions off of her books, the main source of revenue now comes from her amusement park deals, which is crazy. Because mm-hmm. I guess the movies are over now, so yeah, exactly. Um, so you need new cash. <laughs> additionally, she's made great money from a long series of Hollywood blockbuster films. J.K. Rowling deserves, serves as a true rags to riches story, and because of this, she has never taken her wealth for granted. She uses her wealth and her power to support a wide number of philanthropic case causes, excuse me, and charities. She's involved in several other poverty and social inequality charities, along with charities that work to help fight multiple sclerosis. <laughs> Obviously, that's the disease that her mother passed away from. Yeah. Notably, she demanded that Coca-Cola, who won the product tie in race for the film series, donate $18 million to the American charity Reading is Fundamental and other community programs. So she's definitely a trailblazer. I guess she's very sympathetic to this episode just because she grew up. She came from it, you know? Yeah, Yeah. she dealt with a lot of depression and... And and all that stuff, yeah. No, definitely. And also just, you know, had a tough life in general, so... Yeah. It's different. 
you know, mm-hmm. for, I feel like uh, I don't know why. Then you know, I just have never read her story, but for some reason, I didn't know all this about her. Like, I didn't know that she came from you know not that much. Like, mm-hmm. it, for some, I feel like you th- you think for some reason that she had money in some way. Yeah, like that's that's kind of what my assumption was before reading this. Yeah, for um, sure. But I guess the key takeaways for this are just find inspiration in the struggle. She had a very rough childhood and early adulthood alike. While at times it seemed like she hit rock bottom, she never quit fighting and she used the struggle as inspiration. And similarly, we should always try to strive to do the same. I mean, every struggle can either be seen as a hurdle or an opportunity to improve. So choose growth every single time. Find what works and keep at it. A lot of times our big break can come from one single idea like hers did. And this was definitely the case. Try and try and find what you're good at. Keep going. You'll never know when you'll have your next idea or hobby. And last, leverage your brand. J.K. Rowling was very smart to leverage the brand she created. In fact, this is why she landed Hollywood and amusement park deals. Work to build a brand and maintain its reputation so you can open up a sea of opportunities. And that's J.K. Rowling. I think that's honestly, I mean, the coolest story, I think, so far. No, it's a really inspirational story, you know, just to like yeah. see someone who came from so little to make. I mean, I think that's why I really like Tony Robbins, because it's a very similar yeah. story to that. It's just like people who come from very little and like abusive households and then really make like just really just like stick with the dedication and they're consistent and they're passionate about what they do. Yeah. And then finally they get their big break. I just love those type of stories. And there's an extra layer of respect too that like she mm-hmm. was able to have it turned down 12 times, continue to work at mm-hmm. it, you know, use her actual life experiences and like act and incorporate it into the book. Yep. And, uh, and it's just stuff that people don't probably know. Like all you see is just, I mean, we've talked about this before, but like all you see is like mm-hmm. the end result. Nobody sees the clinical depression or your yep. mother dying from a, a rare disease or mm-hmm. freaking 12 people turning your book away. They just see yeah. the they, greatest they movie the ever. Yeah. Yep. They just see the end result and they think like, Oh, she's so lucky not knowing anything about what she had to go through. Yeah. Like I said before, like my assumption for no particular reason, I just Mm kind of thought like she had money always and she just was Mm -hmm. a good writer. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that she was poor growing up and that she didn't have money. And and yeah, it's crazy. I I always kind of assumed she was poor because I would assume most writers are poor um, just because like, yeah, I guess like I thought like growing up. Yeah, she had some type of money because I felt I guess my assumption was like if you have the capacity to be a writer Mm -hmm. financially, then you probably didn't have to. You know, get like a job that pays exactly, you exactly exactly which is a yeah. bad assumption to make that's just yeah. kind of like where my thought process no went. i hear you i hear you yeah no i wouldn't be surprised you know i bet you there are some writers who definitely come from that background yeah. um there's nothing wrong and, with it but. yeah no 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 exactly but yeah no i really i really did like this so i think it is one of the more inspirational stories we've covered so far our first uh female celebrity so far and it's it was a great uh, a, the best one possible i mean she's a superstar and uh i'm sure that yeah. by the time we're 30 and 40 her net worth probably be like 2 billion yeah <laughs> read another know. book series that we will find yeah. out about so that's jk rowling or have some sequels or prequels to like the original movies yeah which she's already started doing yeah um so we'll see yeah. more of that yeah no i thought she had that yeah so yeah i wouldn't be shocked at all milk it yeah. for all you can once we uh see her this weekend we'll we'll just kind of give her some tips on how to grow her <laughs> net worth a little bit more exactly exactly you know she's always coming to us i mean i, see, I thought it was going to be the first one where we weren't going to make a net worth our own net worth joke <laughs> i was like oh, well, we went through a whole one without making one joke about our money you know so, those books uh, wouldn't have been nearly what they were if she uh, didn't have our counsel she didn't have our support. exactly my counsel when i was one years old <laughs> all right y'all until 
a Friday after the next, but I'll see you Friday next Friday anyway, because we have another interview. But the week after that, we'll have another good celebrity entrepreneur. And you're not going to want to miss it. Peace out. Tap in.